0: people always talk about how the way that they work out, the way that they train affects the way that they live. And usually they can't actually tie one line to the other, but today's guest can. What's up, active lifers. Welcome back to the active life podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pestuch. I'm your host today. I'm joined in studio by my longtime friend, Pat Damiano. I've known Pat since he was in college 12 years ago, and I've been thoroughly enjoying watching his rise on social media as a business person, as a husband. And I am really excited to bring him to you guys today. And he's going to talk to you about what it's like to switch training modalities from CrossFit to weightlifting to alternative kinds of training like kettlebell, steel mace and clubs. His Instagram is fun to watch. And if you've ever seen it, you're going to learn about how we got into it today. What I enjoyed most about our conversation, frankly, was the back half. I enjoyed the front half. I liked it. I enjoyed the back half of the conversation even more than the front half because that's where we got into the depth of who Pat is, what's important to him, how his relationship with his wife has shaped who he is and who he wants to be. And I think that you're going to find a lot of enjoyment listening to it yourself. So tune in. Have a great time. When you find this podcast valuable, what are you supposed to do? Tell me, tell me. Yes. Leave us a five-star rating, share it with a friend, head to Pat's Instagram account, give him a follow, and thank him in the DM for jumping on the podcast and sharing himself with you today. Let's get you to the show. Pat Damiano, welcome to the Active Life Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me today.
0: You're welcome, man. I told my wife, like, yo, guess who's coming in for the podcast today? She goes, who? I said, Pat Damiano. She said, Pat Damiano you Light, number four. And she goes, oh, number four is coming. I'm like, yeah. She was very excited.
1: Well, I and forgot she, about number four. That's funny. I oh, believe my God. It.
0: I believe it. So for those of you guys who don't know, I know you for what now? Almost 10 years?
1: I was in college. so That was like almost 12 years now. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah.
0: Uh, Pat used to help me run events that I would put on that were CrossFit style competitions around in Manhattan and Washington DC on the national mall and on the beach here in Long Beach. And one day you asked like, what would you ask him? Am I the most important person here?
1: I, I might've, I actually don't know where number four came from. Well,
0: but. I, I think, it, I think you were, I think you asked something like, or it was something on lines of like, am I the, I'm the most important guy here. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, Jimmy's number one. Jimmy Senior's number one. Uh, Jimmy Junior's number two. Uh, Jimmy, Jesse's number three. You're number four. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I think that's how it went.
1: That's so funny. I
0: don't remember what Patty Light came from,
1: though. Oh, you know? so it's funny you say that because I was telling you I was at Jimmy's wedding mm-hmm. this past weekend and Jesse kept calling me Patty Light and I, was, I haven't heard Patty Light in probably. I don't know, five, six, seven years. (laughs) So he actually asked me that because I was telling him, I was like, I haven't heard that in so long. So Patty Light came from, I was in high school. Okay. And this was my BBM name. So this is how long ago this was. BBM? BBM. Blackberry Messenger. Oh. So like, it was like your instant message for Blackberry. Okay. My BBM name was Patty. And I was underage drinking a lot of Natty Lights at the moment, or at the time. I was like, oh, Natty Lights, I like these. Let me change my BBM name from Patty to Patty Light. And then it just stuck. Everybody started calling me it. And then I got Instagram, so I made it my Instagram name, and it just stuck. That I literally is, gave it to myself, and it's so stupid. Such a dumb story.
0: so funny because, Kim, I thought we gave you that name because you were strong. <laughs> and I thought, I, I I imagined there was probably a day we were moving some heavy shit around. You did it really well. And someone was like, yo, Patty making that look light. <laughs> that's where I thought it came from. And I couldn't remember. And she's like, it was probably something dumb like Natty light. Wait,
1: she said that. Yes. That's amazing. Cause yes. that's exactly what it was. <laughs> wow. Well, she's smart.
0: Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to have you here, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've, I've been having a lot of fun watching your social media account kind of explode. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I like you. I think you bring a lot of value to people. And I like seeing people who I like being successful. What I want to dive into with you today, to start at least, is you and I have had conversations about the kind of success that you want to have. Mm -hmm. And it's a kind of success that I don't relate to. Mm -hmm. So I find it fascinating. I asked you one day when you were talking about wanting to grow your business presence. I said, do you want to grow your business through deeper, more meaningful, more valuable relationships with the clients you already have, or by kind of lighting the spark to inspire a lot of people to start something Mm -hmm. and not necessarily get to know them all that well. And you said that one. I was like, Oh, okay. Then I'm not the guy to help you do it. I have someone, I have other people I would recommend Uh, I know now you're working with Mike Bledsoe. Mm -hmm. He's doing a great job with you. Best. Uh, Shout out to Mike Bledsoe. Shout out to Mike
1: Bledsoe. And Jared. Jared's like like like, Mike's assistant coach. So he's like, Jared's like my second coach.
0: Okay. So Mike Bledsoe and Jared. Mm -hmm. I want to understand that mindset. Yeah. Because it's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't... I want to know everything about the people I work with. I want mm-hmm. to know their dog's name, their favorite band. Like I have a, I have a client who uh, they won't hear this until after it's done. I, my client's client, the most important client to one of my clients, hosted us at his house for a brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Walking to the house, Gabrielle Lyon's book, Forever Strong is on the coffee table. She tells me, I love the book. I found it because you posted about it and I've been reading it. So this weekend I'm going to see Gabrielle. She told me she'll sign a copy for me made out to this person's wife. Like that's how I want
1: mm-hmm. to
0: interact with, because that's not even for my client. That's for my client's client, Yeah, which makes my client look good. All of that. I'm fascinated by the idea of going really wide. Yeah. I want to hear where that, where, where what inspires you about that?
1: So first things first, you made me realize that that is what I wanted to do, actually. And I will say this. I will differentiate the two when it comes to my in-person business and my online business because my in-person business, I do know I know, I'm like, you should know your your clients' kids' names where they went go to school, what's their pet's name, like all that stuff. So like my in-person clients, which is probably twenty ish twenty five ish people, like love them, they're the best. A bunch of them are invited to my wedding, super close to them. I know a lot about them and I, I think it's really important in that regard. Um, so I do differentiate between that and then like how I want to grow my online business. So I, I don't, I kind of separate the two in a sense. Okay. Um, but you, you just kind of explained it in a good way is I want to be the person that sparks that fire and then that person kind of takes it from there. That's what kind of gets me excited. Mm -hmm. Um, I think part of it comes from, I like to, I like to influence and coach like on a, a grander scale. I would I get I would say like a grander scale I really enjoy I love teaching group fitness classes like I really did enjoy I loved when there was like you know I always say like cool put 20 30 40 50 people in the room I don't care we're gonna figure it out we're gonna have a good time I'm gonna yell I'm gonna scream we're gonna laugh and it's gonna be a great workout and like everybody's gonna have fun like I love that mm-hmm. I also do love my you know smaller group stuff but that would that's what really gets me excited so I think I like that side of things I don't know what it is it just gets me excited a little bit more and I th- think as I thought about it, cause I've, I've thought about that a lot since we had that conversation. Cause that really was a big paradigm shift. I've never had somebody explain it to me that way or word what I wanted better than you had. Right. You, well, I
0: didn't, I just asked you questions. To I know, you but to you,
1: and no, and you, you asked it, you said, do you want to help a few amount of people, a ton or a lot of people, a little. And that was the first time I heard it worded that way. I was like, I want to help a ton of people a little bit. And then like, see where they can take it from there. I don't know if it's just my personality or it's the way that I got into fitness. I got into fitness when I was 13 years old. I went to the gym. It was a shitty, grunge. kind of curse? Yeah. All right. It was a shitty, grungy <laughs> high school gym that like this was 17 years ago and the equipment was already old then and like the equipment is still in that high school. Like it was just crappy. There was no Instagram. There's no Facebook. Facebook might've been around a little bit. No TikTok, nothing. I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go to the gym and like work really hard and like push myself. And like, I know that bench press is a thing and curls and like, what's this squat thing. I guess I'll try that. I'll go for a run. I'll jump some rope. Uh, Sit-ups are hard. So I'll do those. And I kind of just like kept doing that. And I think there was just that, like, I'm going to figure this out mentality, like on my own, which has its downfalls as I try and run a business. But I think it was part of that, that I just really enjoyed just like, I'm going to figure this out. It's going to be a little sloppy. It might take me a little bit longer, but I liked figuring it out on my own. So I think I like, uh, I like that person that I'm like, Hey, here's a few kettlebell exercises to do. Let's just say, try these out. This is how you structure workout. And they're like, cool, I'm going to take this and run with it. And then like, they create their own success. That's what I think gets me excited. I like seeing people do that.
0: So you said a few things there that I want to, I want to hone in on. Mm Um, the first one that I want, I want to just throw you some credit for yeah. is we're in an age right now where I think it's its considered virtuous in some way to say that you want to help people deeply mm-hmm. and to, to not actually do that. yeah. Rather like to say, I want to get to know my clients deeply. I want to engage with them. I want to change their lives in every possible way. And then to throw 50, 60, 70, 100 people on a Zoom screen, talk at all of them, not even get to know any of them, and pretend that you're having deep, meaningful impact with them. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunately where a lot of today's coaching is going. And it's just refreshing to hear you say, yeah, I'd rather not have that deep of a relationship with people I'm meeting online. I'd rather just spark their interest and have them go do things that are awesome as a result of being inspired by something that we did together. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I want to give you credit for that. Thanks. You're welcome. Whether you realize it or not, it takes some moxie to sit there and say (laughs) that. The other thing, you just taught me something and it's, I can't believe I never thought of it this way.
1: How old are you? I'm 30. 30.
0: Okay. So that's the year the warranties are up, by the way. (laughs) So you can still, you can still be super healthy, super jacked, super smart, super good looking. In fact, um, as you can probably tell, we, we as men are going to get better looking with age, as long as we keep ourselves healthy. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you're That's not as goal. good looking as me yet, but, <laughs> uh, but you said there was no Facebook and there was no Instagram. So I kind of figured it out on my own, I've never gone to Facebook or Instagram to learn anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it never occurred to me that anybody would until you said that.
1: Oh yeah. Well, especially with fitness you
0: have to, you, you have to understand right now my brain is having a does not compute moment mm-hmm. and i need you to explain that to me like wh- if i want to learn something mm-hmm. i i am going to go pull up journal articles find text mm-hmm. buy a course go to a website instagram and facebook are like the last places in the world i'm thinking yeah. about to go and look
1: well back. you're not 14 years old with adhd
0: no but you're 30 without adhd yeah
1: well, so I'm, when I, when I, so the way I look at it now, and I'm pretty sure, right, if I was 14 years old right now, and I was like, I want to get stronger, learn how to live, so on and so forth, I'm, there's nowhere else I'm going besides YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, for sure, because that's where all the biggest influencers are giving all of their information. I'm not going to go read an article. I'm not going to go read a book. I personally now would, but even still, if I want to learn something, I'm going on YouTube.
0: Okay, you I, can, I've
1: gone to YouTube. YouTube's too. definitely better. Like, if I actually, if I genuinely want to learn something, like I'm not going to Instagram or TikTok. Like, I definitely have, but for the most part, YouTube's going to be a pretty good source for that. And if if I'm young and I'm trying to learn something, and again, remember, when you were 14, you'd want to learn everything in four minutes. YouTube's a great spot for that, mm-hmm. right? To learn, like, oh, this is how many sets, reps, and exercise I need to go. Boom, cool. I'm just going to go do that. So. Your brain doesn't compute it because I think it's it's also just the times like that's that's where you learn things now when you're when you're 15 years old which is where a lot of people are starting to get do you, into. Do you
0: think it's where 30 year olds are learning too?
1: Yeah. Oh, my wife learns everything on so, TikTok. So, 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 100.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this information. I, like, I, I, I probably sound like such an old idiot right now. And it. How old it, are you? 40. Okay. Last like. On Saturday, I turned 40.
1: Oh no! Oh, happy belated birthday! Thank you. Happy 40th. Uh, I spent it
0: uh, meditating on an airplane ride back from Austin, Texas, because oh, I cool. had food poisoning from oh. lunch. So I don't know if time. you've ever, I don't know if you have any travel anxiety. I don't like traveling. Mm-hmm. Let me back up. Actually, I love traveling. I very much dislike the traveling part of traveling. Yes, I like the I being would agree. part. So. Um, for like for a long time, I actually said no to things that now I would absolutely say yes to, just because of the the hassle and inconvenience of traveling. You know who Jay Ferruzzi is? Yeah, of course. So Jay is becoming a good friend of mine, and I'm grateful for his influence in my life. And he said to me, he's like, "Dude, you should come out and be on the podcast with me." I'm I'm recording in LA until December fifth. Then we'll f- if if it doesn't work, we'll figure out when we can do it in the future. And I just texted him, I was like, dude, tell me what Jay Ferrugia would do. Because right now, the thought of flying back, I was just in L.A. for a podcast. Mm. The thought of flying back out to L.A. in the next two weeks to sit down and talk for an hour. Uh, Not and he's deal. like, Jay Ferrugia would get on the flight. I'm <laughs> like, great, I'm coming. Of course. That's it, I'm coming. But I don't even feel that way too. Now do that with food poisoning. Terrible. I can't imagine being the guy who's sitting next to me. Yeah, because I was definitely farting, <laughs> but I, I was moaning like a pregnant woman. Yeah, it's bad. Like my wife has been pregnant. I know what it sounds like. <laughs> I was like in my seat to try to avoid shitting my pants and puking at the same time for three
1: hours. I've been on a plane in the same with the same feeling. Okay, because I was incredibly hungover. Okay, so. Not food poisoning, just coming out the top, wasn't yeah. coming out the bottom. Right. <laughs> but I know what it's like to travel with that feeling. And it's Irruity. actually, it completely changed my life. That one experience, I was like, I'm dry as can possibly be the day before a flight. Oh, yeah. It's the worst. Oh yeah. It was like one of the worst days of my life. And it was my birthday.
0: Well, here, here's the thing. Um, it's like an inverse relationship with age and being hungover that I've learned. So it used to be... Um, like I could get hammered on a Saturday and be fine by Sunday at noon. Mm-hmm. Then it was like I could get hammered on a Saturday and be fine by Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Now it's like I could have two drinks on a Saturday <laughs> and be fine by Wednesday. Yeah. Two drinks on a Saturday, fine by Wednesday. So uh just be prepared to back that up from one day dry before a flight to two to a week yeah. to like I just don't drink anything. I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm not far off. Uh but so anyway, we—I mm. I don't even remember how we got onto that topic. Um, shit. Talking about traveling. Do you remember what I was asking you before that? Oh, uh,
1: God, I'm blanking right now.
0: I totally spaced out. Oh well, so did I. <laughs> um, but like, wait, back back to you coaching people in a, in, a, in a wide way, because it was I was talking to you about. Going deep. I wanted to give you credit for that. And then oh, people learning. People learning on the internet. Oh, that's what it was. Like, yeah, we're
1: talking about kids. What learning. do you
0: what do how if you wanted to learn, for example, mm-hmm. let's just take an example. You wanted to learn uh how to build a high ticket business. Yep. What would you type into Instagram?
1: Well, whew, that's a good question. So if I wanted to learn how to do that, that's where I personally, so this is where I think like the differentiation comes in, like depending on what you're looking up in your age as well. Like that's where I personally would go get probably a book or like start to go down the rabbit hole of one specific person. I would just be like, all right, I'm going to listen to everything Hormosi has to say or everything Dr. Sean has to say, whatever it is. That's the way I would go about it. Um, I think it comes down to what it is you're looking up and how old the person is. Because if And I also think it depends on the, the type of learning somebody wants to do. Like this might have something to do with what we're talking about right now. If I personally am like, I kind of want to get into stocks. I'm going to go on YouTube because I want a 12 minute video. that's going to tell me something super simple. And we're like, all right, cool. I'll just go start that. I I'm go, go up with
0: thousands of dollars. I go wide. I them. go wide. Right. <laughs> I go
1: an inch deep and super wide. Cause I'm like, let me just know a little bit about everything and then I'll go from there. I think you're the type of person that would just go super deep and need to read the encyclopedia of whatever and how to trade stocks and then you'd go in super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most people, and again, especially kids, that's how they're trying to learn now. Is cool. Larry Wheels told me I need to do a five by five deadlifts for the next six weeks. So I'm just going to go do that. Doesn't matter what else anything has to say. And I'm just going to go do that. And that can happen in a 45 second Instagram clip or a five minute YouTube video. Right.
0: He didn't share his
1: dose. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Did he used to live on Long Island, that
1: guy? On Long Island. Um, I just remember seeing him so. training
0: with John Gaglione years back.
1: I don't know. He's bounced around a lot because okay. I feel like everywhere he goes, it's probably awful to train because everybody he's a celebrity in any Mm -hmm. gym he walks into
0: yeah um okay you said something that many people have said on this podcast and I've always ignored it simply because I I didn't want to go there but I have to I have to ask yeah you mentioned that one of the people that you would you would go look at the first person who came to your mind was Hermosi
1: yeah
0: why what is it about his content that makes you feel like this guy is someone I should listen to so
1: it's funny I actually don't like him that much okay um so wh- I,
0: so why do you think he came up
1: because Mike my coach just told me that I need to go read his 100 million dollar 100 million dollar ideas thing to start talking about like the next higher ticket side of of my business and where we're gonna go now I will say this he has very um he is very well edited it's the way he talks he 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 talks in a way that is you know he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm um and he actually did i'm saying i don't like his his content and now i'm talking about cuz he did he has post, good content he has very good content and i he actually made a post recently that i ended up seeing about why he has good content and he's saying that basically he is the content not what he's saying he likes philosophy he likes business he likes gym stuff so he's like i'm just going to talk about those things and talk about them in the way that i like to talk about them and what i like to do and he's like i am the content it's not necessarily what i'm saying i'm just going to keep saying making content about stuff that I like and then see how it goes. And it's obviously worked well for him. And I thought that was interesting Um, because I think it gives a human side of social media. It's like, Oh, he's not just this business mogul face. That's like, I mean, sometimes it seems like he's talking out of his ass, but well, he's
0: eh, definitely smart. and He's definitely made a lot of money for sure. Um, The thing I would caution you on, if you're thinking about high ticket stuff is it's, it's, Difficult. It's not impossible. It's difficult to go high ticket wide and not high ticket deep right. while remaining in line with your morals and your ethics. Right. Um, I'll let people judge what he's done on their own. I'm not going to cast judgment on that. Um, just that's that's my word yeah.
1: to you. And that's, that's part of what uh, me and Mike were talking about is figuring that out. And I think that's why he wanted me to read that is I think he has... In that book, a bunch of different ways that you can figure out what, uh, like, pitch or what you want to sell or whatever would be best for you with what you want to do, your morals, ethics, and all those things. Okay, that's my guess. He told me about it yesterday, so I haven't. Well, let into me know it after it you read it. I will.
0: I, I read his Hundred Million Dollar Offers" book, and I thought it was really good. The problem for me is uh, I struggle to learn from people I don't want to be more like. Yes. And I don't want to be more like him.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: Um, so let's go back to you. Mm-hmm. Someone recently asked me. I told him you were coming on. They said, "Is that the kettlebell guy?" <laughs> and I said, "He does train with kettlebells." Um, but I, I think, because I know how he used to train, I think he probably knows that that stuff is better for eyeballs than what he's typically than what his training methods look like. I imagine he does that in his training, where he wouldn't post about it. But I imagine that it's more represented in his Instagram than it is in his training by percentage volume. Tell Mm -hmm. me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Where where are you at on
1: that? You're both. You're right and wrong. Um, So I've bounced around with different ideas. I just like to like training. Um, So I've done everything under this on there is. And I've, what is it, November? I say the past, like, this past year basically is when I've like really dove hard deep into the kettlebell. So I actually do... Kettlebells, roughly 80% of the time. Okay. I, I do other stuff. I'll barbell back squat. I'll use like the Mesa's Club sandbags, you know, Bulgarian bags. And I'll do some more traditional stuff, bodyweight stuff. But um, primarily right now, most of my stuff is kettlebell stuff. I definitely do alter some things to make it a little bit more friendly for Instagram. I like to give people information that they can take home. So let's just say, for example, if in a workout, I'll be like, hey, I did this, this, and this with a kettlebell. And it's all kettlebell stuff. I do like to give people like, hey, here's this workout you can do if you only have a couple kettlebells. So I'll take out maybe the fact that I did Bulgarian bag stuff and maces that day because I just wanted to make it a little bit more digestible for the person. Like, oh, cool. Just use kettlebells as well. Work. I I have four in my garage. I can do that. Um, so that's why I say you're definitely right and wrong. It is primarily my training at the current moment, and I will like you know tweak some things and alter some things here and there to make it more what I call like take homeable mm-hmm. for people and more digestible for people, so they can be like you know what? I can do that. Mm-hmm. How'd you get into it? Kettlebells it's just just, or the, just the your uncon- training? So so so
0: to give people some background, you were a national level weightlifter mm-hmm. in Olympic weightlifting. Uh, you were a really good CrossFitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what how we gauge levels there.
1: Back in the, I was like in the olden days, too. Did I you go to regionals? Know. No, no, I wasn't that good. Okay. That's why I went to weightlifting. I was like, I'm way better at this. Got it,
0: got it. So you went and watched regionals, but you never actually yes. got to go for... <laughs> you never got to spend more money than the spectator to yes, be there. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: um, if people don't know what I'm talking about. When you were an athlete at CrossFit regionals, you spent more money to compete at regionals than a spectator spent to be there to watch it. Yes. Uh, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, anyway, off of that. So you got into weightlifting. You were really good at it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a naturally gifted athlete. I would say so. Uh, so I didn't know you beyond, in terms of your training style, beyond the CrossFit and the weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And so at a certain point, it was, oh, Pat's doing unconventional stuff. Steel maces, clubs, kettlebells, Bulgarian bags but he's still coaching CrossFit classes. When mm-hmm. did that happen?
1: So that's there was like a, after I retired from Olympic weightlifting, I probably had like a two or three year period where it was just like, I'm just throwing shit at the wall when I work out. I'm just like, I'm just doing whatever. Right. That right. was kind of where I was like really growing my business. So my workouts were like, whatever. And then March, 2021, I got into jujitsu okay. and it was probably, I think I was like six months straight of like push pull legs, push pull legs, like traditional bodybuilding ish style, mm-hmm. style stuff. I went into my first class of jujitsu and just got, I was like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> like besides the fact that I had no idea what I was doing on the jujitsu mm-hmm. side of things, I got my ass kicked. I was super tight. I had absolutely no conditioning. And like, I was like, I need to switch something up. So I had always kind of dabbled with clubs, maces. I've always had like a little affinity for them. I thought they were cool, kettlebells. Um, you know, I, I was, I've always enjoyed on it just as a brand, so I had some of them, but like a couple, and I was figured, you know, I know this stuff is pretty big in the martial arts community, specifically kettlebell, so let me just start to dabble with it, just started experimenting, exploring, and doing more of it, um, and I just started to feel better on the jujitsu side of things, like on the mats, uh, and I just started to enjoy it, and that's like really my overarching thing with fitness, is I just have to enjoy working out, I'm around it all the time, and I have been for 17 years now, so when I work out, I have to like it, Mm-hmm. And it has to be fun for me. And that stuff was just really fun. And I started to buy more stuff, started progressing with it, was able to go heavier and just, it's more explorative, which was fun for me. And then that just kind of led into, I was doing that for a little while. And then that led into getting a little bit deeper into the kettlebells. I was like, okay, I want to hone in a little bit more. Um, I like to be strong. I like to lift heavy and kettlebells definitely. Uh, geared towards that a little bit So more. do you
0: write yourself a periodized program before you start, or do you show up in the garage and you're like, what do I feel like doing today?
1: So 50-50, for a long period of time, it was like, throw it at the board, whatever the hell I feel like doing that day. Now I'm not as structured, but it definitely a little bit more structured. I will make sure I get in my swings, presses, cleanings, snatches, rows. Like I'm, It's more of a general blueprint, but nothing super structured. So what's the blueprint? The blueprint is get in... My, when you say, hold on, when you yeah, say get yeah, in,
0: what does get in mean?
1: Uh, For <clears throat> make sure I do throughout the week, these specific exercises. Okay, so
0: once a week or everyone's getting hit every day?
1: Uh, No, it's at least once a week, sometimes twice. How many days a week are you training? Now I'm training five or six times a week, but at 75, 80%. For how long? 40 minutes. Okay. 40, 45 minutes. Okay. I like to work out, so I'm trying to do that more. Instead of beating the crap out of myself three times a week,
0: I'm trying to get to that I've been yeah. I've been at three sometimes <clears throat> four days a week and I'm walking in. I don't know I don't often have a plan mm-hmm. and I've I shouldn't fucking say this on my own podcast <laughs> but I don't like having I don't like having a coach who has a plan for me that um, I need to follow yep I know that I, don't that, I know that, that sounds ridiculous. I'm a I own a company that has coaches who write plans for people who love to follow them. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know.
1: yep I, I struggle with it. I couldn't agree more though. And I, I think it's the same thing is I think we're just around fitness so long. If I just train seven clients, like I don't really want to think that hard about my workout. Mm-hmm. And if it's just like something I don't feel like doing that day, like I have no problem being like, eh, not today. I'm gonna right. do something else. I have no problem with that.
0: So, um, are you are you writing out like I'm going to clean, I'm going to snatch, I'm going to pull, I'm going to push? Those are the four.
1: Um, so for me, it's it's more so movements. It's I'm going to overhead press, do some sort of row, um, clean and press slash cleans, okay, uh, snatches, and then yeah, those are kind of like the four. I'm missing something. Swings, okay. swings, and then some sort squat of squatting motion.
0: Okay, so so. One thing I want to say that just came to me as we were talking about that is I think that what you touched on there that was smart is there is some level of do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because I did what I say for long enough to earn to do what I do now. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people who are coming to you probably, I can't speak to your clients, but certainly to active life are in a phase of their life where they haven't done all the things necessary to do whatever they want to do. Yes, and so they need to follow a plan.
1: I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I agree because from CrossFit with weightlifting, there was probably a six-year period of my life I didn't write a single rep of any of my own workouts. Someone else wrote it. For Somebody you. else wrote it, especially with Olympic weightlifting. When I was, I had a coach, the same coach for two and a half, three years. I was doing it. I didn't do anything that he didn't say, mm-hmm. and I think it just. You know, I wasn't really a trainer there. I was, like, coaching some CrossFit classes here. But I think there's something about, like you said, it's I've done it. So, like, now I have that freedom. It's like the person who got in really good shape and is like, hey, I can have pizza probably more often than the person who's trying to lose 20 pounds. Right. Um, so I think it's kind of that realm. And I, I, I do think there is something about just being around it all the time. So when people watch
0: your training on your Instagram, mm-hmm. it looks fun there's like a there's a sex appeal to that kind of training that's yeah. like this is rhythmic the weights aren't super heavy it looks like those movements are really challenging his whole body and it looks like he's doing it fairly effortlessly mm-hmm. uh except when you go train with our friend tom DeJulie. julie <laughs> nothing's effortless uh, with tom <laughs> <laughs> nothing shout out uh, tom yeah uh but so one of the things that that, that I feel like it's a barrier to entry for people into that world Mm -hmm. is the complexity of the skill of those movements. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Or am I just misunderstanding
1: how hard they are to do? It's, it's a little bit more, uh, one, obviously somebody has to actually teach you, right? You're most people probably aren't going to just pick up a mace and be like, oh, this is how you swing it. But it is a lot less complicated than I people, I think people think it is. Uh, it's a lot more natural, right? Like, swinging a mace. I don't know if you've ever swung maces at all. It's I've I've
0: put the baseball bat over my back in, in bat, like in the, on deck circle, like the circle, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 So I'm with, I'm with the, the the microphone people who can't see. I've taken the bat and done the whole, like, you know, yeah, yeah. That thing. Yeah. Loosen up my shoulders. And so it it feels like that's what swinging the mace would be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I haven't swung a mace though.
1: If you can break it down properly to the person, again, it comes down to coaching and like, also some people just are not very coordinated. But the mace specifically, the mace and clubs and swing those around your head, a lot of it is very similar to the motion of throwing a ball, right? So if you can throw a baseball with some sort of Mm -hmm. coordination, you'll be able to pick that up and it comes down to trust, right? Trusting yourself as a person. There's a reason when I give a mace to a 15 year old, they can do it fairly well in no prefrontal cortex in 15 minutes, right? Oh, if I hit myself with this, no problem. Right. I don't care. Right. But if I give it to a, a 50 year old dude who's like so scared of hitting himself with it because it's so fluid and you just have to trust it that it's going to go behind you and you're not going to like break your hip bone doing it by mm-hmm. hitting it. That's one of the other things. So that's a little bit more of a mental thing. It's 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 momentum. Everybody knows how to like throw a baseball or a football like somewhat decently. I don't know, we watch people throw a baseball or football recently. Yeah, but it's it's better than you think they could throw it. 20 feet at least yes. it's not they're not going to be pitching for the yankees but they have enough coordination to be like i'm going to do this with my shoulder mm-hmm. um and with my arm and it be okay enough to where the point where they can swing a mace okay. i i feel confident in that and then the bulgarian bags too is another thing it's it's if you just get the right couple cues they're not as complex as people think
0: i feel like that kind of training is made for instagram and tiktok
1: oh 100 percent. it's <laughs> it's the reason my tiktok blew up is cuz right. everybody's like what's that thing everybody thinks a bulgarian bag is like a seal or a dog or something or like <laughs> my little brother who, that i don't have but they uh, the amount of comments really? i've got oh my god so just to we've talked about this before i play the game a little bit you have right. to play the game i um i went through a phase on um you know cuz obviously with what i do tiktok is like breeding grounds for people to come at me that's stupid blah 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 right. So I started feeding into it. I would make videos explaining why it's not stupid and so on. And I would, on purpose, put a Bulgarian bag exercise as the first video mm-hmm. so that when people come to it, they're like, the fuck is that thing? Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks it's a seal, a dog, some sort of thing. They have no idea what it is. And then they get hooked. So yeah. What do, you
0: need? do you have a dog?
1: No, I have a cat.
0: Okay. What color is your cat? not brown okay you should borrow someone's dog (laughs) and you should no no no, listen listen, hear me out hear me out you should borrow some you want another video that gets you eighty thousand followers follow my lead i don't have eighty thousand, followers (laughs) but i'm gonna tell you how to get them um you get the dog you bring it to within like you have somebody film from overhead Mm -hmm. you you drop it from like four inches where it's it's not gonna get hurt (laughs) it's gonna land on its feet and that's you just Capture the dog dropping from or you even like have the dog jump for a treat and just film it landing on its feet. Okay, that's your last clip. Then mm. you you video yourself doing the the Bulgarian bag. Mm-hmm. People don't know a Bulgarian bag. Oftentimes they're filled with water. They're usually filled with sand though. Is that correct? Usually,
1: yeah, it's usually like a like a medicine ball type of right. setup where it's they, like some they come, roll in they sand come a and something. Yeah, not, exactly. Um,
0: and they they're 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 like a a, a very open sea yeah, yeah i was gonna say a sea that's not as open that's not as closed crescent's a good way to put it mm-hmm. and they have straps on the end that you can use to swing around and create momentum so you do that and then in the end of the video you just drop it and when it drops people are thinking he's swinging a dog over his head and then you just cut to the dog landing on the ground i like that That's what you should do.
1: I might have to take that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go borrow somebody's dog.
0: And then you just write, just kidding, it's not a dog. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to use that. That's going to get you another 80,000 followers.
1: All right. I'm giving you credit when it happens. I appreciate that. Cool.
0: Um,
1: I do want to go back actually real quick. Just to, We were talking about like learning the exercise and stuff like that. And something I always try and tell people is, you know, because people see me doing it and they're like, I'm going to hurt myself doing that. Right? Yeah. It looks that way. It does look that way. And I totally understand that. And it might be uncomfortable. I try and use the same analogy every time is the first time you walked into a gym, you didn't try and deadlift 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. You started with maybe a kettlebell or a PVC pipe or an empty bar. And you built yourself up your lower back and hamstrings and glutes. They built resiliency in it and your joints and your body just eventually got a little bit custom to the load. And then you could add weight and then add more weight. And then you refined your technique and so on and so forth. And all of this stuff, especially with the kettlebells, it's no different, right? And because I, this might be more of a personal thing because they are a little bit more complex, right? You just like anything, you can start very light. You're obviously not using this hundred pound kettlebell for clean and press the first day. You're going to start light. It might be a little goofy, just like the first time you threw a baseball was goofy or the first time you shot a basketball was goofy. It's learning a new skill. And on top of Yes, obviously, getting stronger. When you feel a little bit more proficient at that skill, it feels that much better, mm-hmm. right? Squatting's pretty straightforward. Put the bar on your back. Once you get, like, kind of the Bambi legs worked out, at that point, it's just, wait, 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 wait. There's something about, okay, yes, I'm getting stronger in these kettlebell clean and impressive, but I'm also not bashing my forearm as much. Mm-hmm. Or I'm being a little bit more efficient. I felt like I was using my hips a little bit more on that one. There's something that feels good about that, and partially why I think I stuck with it and why I think people get really into it is, because it's not just getting stronger in a different way. It's learning a new skill, and that feels good for people. People want something to learn. It looks like dancing with a
0: weight. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> to me, the, the fear is the wrong word, but the apprehension about the movements and the injury associated with it that's, that's not a real consideration but that is a reasonable consideration is actually the positions that you get into. Mm -hmm. And the speed with which you get into them and get out of them. Like there's a lot of transition that I see Mm -hmm. getting down into a lunge, getting down on, you know, into a lunge forearm on the ground, Mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things. It's, I see them and I'm like, I can do that and I don't want to. So i probably should. That's what happens for me. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. It makes a ton of sense.
0: I've always had strong disdain for lunges. Hate lunges. Yep. So I'm like, I should lunch more.
1: Yeah. Brutal. I, I totally get that. So I want to go way back. In yeah, time.
0: yeah. Um. You wanna you wanna be the spark, the spark for mm. what?
1: I want to be the spark for someone who takes. It's the um, what is it? I always use a term. It's the you can't. You can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, mm-hmm. right? I want to be the spark for somebody to be to take uh, take control of their own life. I don't know if that's, like, too deep. But, like, um, I, always, I used to train a lot of kids, and I always said, like, my little tagline was, like, make kids strong for life, right? I'm going to have this 14-year-old for maybe two years. I don't care if he goes and plays baseball at LSU. I care about him being 30 and still working out mm-hmm. and hasn't had a conversation with me in 15 years. That's the stuff I want. I like when people get A little spark, they get interested in something, they learn something a little new, and then they're like, You know what? I'm gonna take this, I I got it from here, as opposed to like keep spoon feeding me and not spoon feeding because that's like a negative oh, term. I
0: what you're describing <clears throat> is you want to spark them to live an active life,
1: yeah. Oh, that Shit. wasn't even on purpose, it wasn't, <laughs> oh, even on come purpose. on, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I that's what gets me excited. I like, I think we talked about something, had that conversation, I love when people randomly message me on Instagram and I will answer basically every single DM that I get, if I don't, it's cause I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But if I, I t- basically see all of them. I love so much when people are like, have been following you for a month. I just bought my first kettlebell. Holy crap. This thing's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. They might never buy myself. They might never be a client of mine, but like they did it on their own. I was just that like, huh, what's that? Mm-hmm. All right, fine. I'll try it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason I give Jocko Willink, an insane amount of credit for getting me into jujitsu. I've never talked to the guy. I, I mean, I've read his books. So that's different, right? Well, but like, reading his book is following yours. So right. Reading so, your posts. exactly. Like I think about him all the time because he got me into jujitsu and that's done so much for me. What so is it like, done for you? <clears throat> How much time you got? Um, That, that clock is an hour <laughs> ahead, So we um, got plenty. Workout. So yeah, cool. It's a workout. I can do that on my own. I am a growing up. I mean, if a psychologist dug deep, they could probably say I got into working out because I was small. I didn't get made fun of, but like, you know, I was always a small kid. I get it. I was um, there. Yeah. I wasn't like bullied or anything. It wasn't like the movies, but like <laughs> I was a smaller guy and I was like, you know what? I'm. Well, I, mm-hmm. tell me if you're, tell me how yeah, Because yeah, it was similar for me. I got bullied one time.
0: and mm-hmm. that, That's not like, that's not why I do anything. Um, well it's not why I worked out it's not why I got into sports I was already <laughs> doing them I imagine what you're describing is people would make fun of you who were your friends yep. who were your teammates and they would say things and you were like mm, that shouldn't have hurt yep. but it, it landed somewhere mm-hmm. and I need to fucking improve that so it doesn't land anymore how do I improve that? I work
1: out Yep. yeah and I think that's Again, if, if somebody dug deep, I didn't have those thoughts in my head, but it might have been like a subconscious self-confidence right. thing that got me into the gym to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we going with this? I just totally spaced out. A spark to
0: do what? And then we were talking, it's okay, you're allowed to space out. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about um, Jocko Willink and how he got you into it. Oh,
1: jujitsu. jitsu Okay, that's what it was. So that's why I think I got into working out. I've always very been like timid don't like confrontation at all. I've never been in a fight in my life. I don't Mm -hmm. like any of that stuff. Confidence is like, I'm confident, but like, it's definitely a thing, right? You have self-esteem. Okay. Yeah. I definitely have some self-esteem stuff. And part of that was like, you know, I'm a little timid. I don't like confrontation. I don't like hard conversations. I don't like physical confrontations. So jujitsu has really got me over, for the most part, over that. Like, I've noticed, like, one, I'm not like, look, this... This is the reality of the situation. I have a wife now. When I go out and we're at a bar or something, like, you're looking around. Like, three years ago, I'd be like, wow, I hope nobody does anything stupid. Now I'm like, hey, if you do something stupid, come find out, right? Like, I'm not that good at jujitsu, but, like, let's right. find out. So, like, that exudes a little bit of confidence in you. Just, like, we could breathe a little bit more. You can walk around with, you know, with your chest held high. And I'm not saying, like, I'm walking around, like, go ahead, try me. Right. Not at all. It's just, like, that's part of it. So, confrontation is a little bit more... Uh, comfortable. And I've noticed it translate into actually having a conversation with somebody. Like I'm way more inclined to have a difficult conversation with someone, I think, because I'm a little bit more used to confrontation now. Cause I do it two, th- two or three times a week I'm fighting for my life. So it's like, I'm going to have a hard conversation What's with inti- someone.
0: What's interesting about that to me is, um, first of all, let's start with the, when you're calmer, you're less likely to fly off the handle. And having the, having at least the belief that you can defend yourself Mm -hmm. creates a sense of calm. Mm -hmm. And so somebody would have a much harder time now dragging you into a situation that would force you to be in a fight, Mm -hmm. even though you're more capable of ending that fight in a favorable way to yourself (laughs) than you were when earlier they'd have an easier time dragging you into it. Yeah. Even if you didn't end up finding yourself in one. Mm So I find that fascinating. What I also find fascinating is, um, and by the way, mix in stand-up once a,
1: I know, month or so. I know. I to. I want I to get... I, I used to box a little bit, like, just for fitness sake. Right. Um, And I want to get back into it a little bit. Well, the bit. guy
0: you just saw me talking to uh, before we started, I, I was walking uh, Pat down to Active Life, and the guy who owns a Muay Thai studio next door, I told him, I'm I'm, I'm just going to come and sign up because I've been not coming because I don't want to train at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time he has that I can justify making. I just have to sign up and do it. And so yeah. the thing, what, what I'm sharing with you is I have very little faith in my ability to tap anybody out in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I have a fairly high level of faith that I could avoid being tapped out long enough for a fight to be broken yeah, up,
1: be annoying enough for them to be like, eh, this isn't worth it anymore. Yeah.
0: Where it'd be like, guys, this is boring. No one in the bar wants to watch this. <laughs> Um, but on my feet, I feel really confident mm-hmm. and I feel like if I was in a bar, that's where it would start.
1: Oh, it's always where it starts. So just
0: go get yourself comfortable there too. Yeah, but it
1: ends on the ground. Don't remember.
0: Hopefully with End- one of us. on
1: the <laughs> ground. Uh, all right.
0: So yep. going back to all of that, how did that help you with, with difficult conversations? And let's start with what's a difficult conversation.
1: You know, something as simple, like, you know, even if it's just a conversation with my wife, like something that I'm like, I don't really want to bring this up. Like we could probably let it sweep under the carpet or something like that. Or maybe a conversation with a client or a business type of situation or actually like expressing, you know, how I'm actually feeling in a scenario where I may be frustrated. Like I'm very prone to like letting things brush away Mm -hmm. and probably not talking about them as much. Um, So I I think it kind of helped me be like, you know, let's just nip this in the butt now. I don't know what it is. It might be something that's happening with age as I'm just getting a little bit older and more mature too. But I don't think it's necessarily coincidence that in the past couple of years, i felt more comfortable just like being confronted or being in a somewhat confrontational.
0: What's an example of a confrontational conversation that you've had with your wife that you're comfortable talking about? When I say comfortable talking about it, I mean that she wouldn't be upset you discussed. No,
1: no. I mean, so, I don't know if I can think of one immediately off the top of my head. I definitely, I forget everything. Everything. (laughs) And that causes some issues sometimes. Um, And she she 100% understandably gets frustrated with that because I get frustrated with it too. And I think I used to maybe be a little bit more standoffish with it and blow it off a little bit more. Now I'm more inclined to... Maybe explain why I think I forgot that, or like apologize, like genuinely apologize, like understand how annoying that is. Maybe it's something in that realm. Um, I don't know if I could think of something besides like that right off the top of my head. Okay. That.
0: So what's it? What's a a, di- a different uncomfortable God. conversation? God.
1: I, I I don't know if I have like it's 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 dumb. I should have like an example off well, the top no, of my head, what, but I think it's just more something. I'd be more inclined to just like. Say something when I would maybe not in the past,
0: so what it sounds like, maybe I can help you here, yeah, is there are conversations that create a little bit of like a bubble in the belly. Mm-hmm. They don't reach the threshold of like, I gotta we need to really talk this through mm-hmm. but there are things that you're like,, ah, I could let that slide yeah, and so you don't remember them because they're probably happening almost every day mm. Mm-hmm. And instead of letting it slide, you say, "I actually am going to say something productive
1: here." Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's a good way of, of putting it.
0: So what I've uh, what I've learned is there are there are many types of people, but but if we're going to polarize them, there's the type of person who, when, con- when 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 they feel like it's their turn to say something, when they have to say something, they have a pit in their stomach. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say anything. They want to just press it down, shut up, get out of the conversation. That's Let's call that B person. A person is just because people are used to like type A, so I don't want to confuse it. Type A is I feel it in my throat. I want to get this out Mm -hmm. as fast as possible. I don't want to stay quiet. I do want to speak. You're describing having the desire to be more of the type B than the type A where it's like I'm going to hold this in because it's not that important. I don't want to blow this thing up and start an argument. I can just live with it. Where the other person feels it in their throat and they're like, I got to get this out. Mm-hmm. Is, does that feel accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My wife is that way. I'm the A. I'm the A side of that. She's the B side of that. Um, or the one side. Like one isn't better than the other. I'm Right. Like, I always found that fascinating because I never related to it. Mm-hmm. Now... Over time, I've learned how to have more high-conflict conversations in a more productive way, and I get the belly mm. because I care how it goes. Yeah. So what is it about jujitsu do you think, that opened that up for you? Because you're not practicing that skill when you're yeah. practicing jujitsu.
1: jitsu Yeah, I, I, I think it's just being less uncomfortable in uncomfortable situations. I think that's what it is. Cause jujitsu is extremely uncomfortable and not just physically. Mm -hmm. It's also very mentally uncomfortable. um, And that kind of leads itself into it. Another thing that's great about it is like, it it teaches you to like breathe a little bit. You can't just, what I call bull in a China shop, everything like, Oh, I have this problem. Let me ram my head against the wall and try and Mm -hmm. fix it. I think it's just an overarching thing of like putting uh, discomfort under one umbrella, whether it is physical or mental or conversational or emotional, whatever kind of like it is. Cold plunge. Yeah. Uh, it, exactly. Exactly. Like the cold plunge. even though I don't do that because I'm a bitch. <laughs> no, but, but, the, but the, the, so, so yeah, same idea. It's, it's, <laughs>
0: it's the stimulus response with the gap in the between. Yeah. And what you're describing to me is stimulus. This guy's trying to choke me. Mm-hmm. Response. If you're not trained is to flail. Like to try to throw punches or whatever, and you're just going to let that guy sink it in deeper and deeper. Yep. The trained response is to fight the hands and mm-hmm. turn into the arm. Yep. Right? So I don't need to get into the tactical jujitsu shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm barely a white belt. But the point is there's a thought process after stimulus and before response mm-hmm. that the more you train it, the less you have to think about the faster you can respond. Right. Right? So what you're describing is going through a period of time in which that stimulus was highly uncomfortable and that response needed to be highly calculated. Mm -hmm. And so the thought process in between had to become quicker and quicker. And so you just got better at dealing with an uncomfortable stimulus and having a thought between that and the response.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what it is. It's just being, yeah, exactly. You said being a little bit quicker with properly responding to an uncomfortable situation.
0: Okay. I want you to help the husbands and wives now. Okay. Uh, we're going to go <laughs> on a marriage counseling. I'm, I'm
1: only a year in, man. That's
0: okay. So your wife works, yes? Yep. What does she do?
1: She works for a messenger service company in the New York mm-hmm. City. Okay, corporate? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, corporate-ish. I mean, she works from home and she's- Is it a real job? Oh,
0: Yeah. That's okay. What I mean. okay. <laughs> so, 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 when I say a real job, everyone who's in the fitness industry knows what I'm talking about when I say a real yeah. job. She has a real job.
1: Yep. You don't. I do not.
0: Okay. okay. Um, help your business to any woman's parents in exactly. 2024, 2023 is unrecognizable as something real. Yes. It's, that could go away tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What is he doing to keep like stability in the family? Yep. Right. The reality is so can the other job. Of course. Um, but is there a, how do you and your wife have conversations about your plan for your future with what you're doing compared to what she's doing in a sense that like she's doing something very predictable, mm-hmm. something very understandable, Something that if she's in an Uber and the driver asks, "What do you do?" she mm-hmm. explains it. They're like, "I get it." Yeah. An Uber driver asks you, they're thinking in five years you'll be doing something different.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
0: you guys ever talk about that?
1: We do actually because she's better at that than me. Like what? Like like explaining that for me. Like I'm like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. And she's like, no, you own a personal training business. Like say it in a little bit more of a professional way so it sounds better. Uh, Because she is very business savvy and she's like my my pseudo uh, business manager. Yeah, exactly. So she's actually (laughs) a little bit better than me at that. But I guess the way... Now, are you talking strictly online or just in general with what I do?
0: No, part, like with your wife. So, yeah. like there, there are guys out there right now yeah. who they have a wife who has a great job. Mm-hmm. They're coaching and they're making fine money. Yep. But they feel like they need to do something more established or more, mm-hmm. more uh, high status. Okay. And so they're fighting this battle right now between the life that they want and the life that they think that they should want. And so they're making decisions that are leading to burnout. Mm-hmm. Because every day that they train, every day that they take a new online client, they're thinking, if I can't be doing this in 20 years, if my wife is thinking I'm some loser who like has a training business and that's cool and she goes out and tells her friends and they don't get it and their husbands don't get it, they're thinking every day about getting a real job. hmm how do you guys talk about it so that you don't have to think about getting a real job?
1: Gotcha. Okay. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. So we talk a lot about, you know, growth, right. And what is, I don't want to say the next five years, or next 10 years, but not just being like, okay, this is where I'm at. Let's just stay with it. It's okay. How can we, or how can you figure out ways to scale? Maybe you're charging more for clients or whatever it is, different ways to get, uh, maybe, uh, uh, capitalize on your schedule. Cause at the end of the day, in this industry, you only have so many hours in the day, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's coming down to how do we actually turn this into a business instead of just, I train people for X amount per hour for this amount of time or have this many clients. It's how do we take that from being a trainer to technically a business owner? Mm-hmm. and she's super supportive, at least specifically my wife, very supportive of me getting a business coach, which I do have, and going to mentorships and going into courses or whatever it is that are going to teach me not just how to be a better trainer but how to actually turn this into a business, which is what you're so good at.
0: Well, you're just – thank you. You're describing vision more so than growth to me. So, so growth – for me, growth is tactical. Okay. Okay. What levers are we going to pull? What buttons are we going to push to generate more business for our business? Mm-hmm. That's growth. Okay. Vision is what do we want this business to be? What do we want our life to look like? Okay. That life requires the business to grow. What are the tactics to grow the business? Do you, do you follow me?
1: Yeah. Now I, I so
0: it sounds, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you and your wife talk about your vision. Mm-hmm. And then she supports the things that you need to do for growth. And because she has a business mind, she's able to ask you questions, provide you solutions and challenge you to come up with the tactics necessary.
1: Yes. Yeah. She's, she's definitely, uh, understanding that she, she's better at vision as opposed to growth. Cause growth kind of comes from being within the industry and she knows she's not in the industry. Mm-hmm. So she's very supportive in the vision of it. And then trusts me to do the right things for the growth.
0: So when you two talk about the vision, what do you see? Like forget five years, 10 years. Yeah. Don't think of it as a number. Yep. What do you see your business being?
1: Well, her real goal is for me to get famous and be on reality TV. That's and her real goal. That is, she, her, she says all the time. She, <laughs> Pat, we're getting you on she, a TV show. I hear that 10 times a week. From she, who? From her. her. <laughs> she wants to get me. She's trying so hard. She's like, there's something about you. You need to be famous. We're getting you on TV. But why? Okay, <laughs> just going. it's just it's because she thinks it would be fun. She thinks I'm great, and she thinks other people should see me for that. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So okay, I got distracted for that's a second. Okay. I'm T- sorry tell about her you're gonna
0: that. go on too hot to handle. What's that one? I think it's I haven't watched it. but I think it's one where um, <laughs> good-looking people go on, and they try not to have sex with people who are not their significant others. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will not be going on that one. We're talking more like real world type of stuff, maybe. Uh,
0: that's the same thing.
1: Technically, I guess
0: it's
1: close to it. So, yeah, what do we look? What do we want our lives to be in the future? Yeah, essentially. By the way, I think it's
0: very (coughs) cool that your wife thinks you're so cool. You should be on a TV.
1: She's, I mean, like I know it's so cliche. She's my biggest fan. Like literally, before this, she was like, "Good luck, you're great. You should be like, you know." Because I right now I'm going through this like spurt and growth on Instagram, and she's like, "You're amazing," and I'm like, "Eh, like I'm." I don't celebrate anything. And she's like, you're so great. Like, stop it. She really is just the best person ever and super supportive of me. And it's amazing. It's, it's needed for me in this time of my life. And just in general, with going through a business like this, she's the best. I can't, can't get better.
0: I've had my wife on this podcast several times, twice in the last few months. And recently we were at an event together. And before we went to the event, I actually told her on the podcast and we talked about it significantly afterwards. I told her when we go to events, and you're with me socially, I need you to stand next to me, not behind me. Mm -hmm. You stood behind me and in front of me long enough to allow me to become who I am. Mm -hmm. When people ask me questions now, they think they're asking me, but they're really asking us. And sometimes they're asking you, I need you to take credit for what you did because those guys are going to go home And think that they have to do it on their own if they hear it from me. If they hear it from you, they're going to learn how to talk to their wife. Yeah. And so I think it's foundational that your wife supports you the way that she does emotionally and socially and is your biggest fan. That is so underrated. Yeah. So undervalued. And what it indicates to me, and I'm curious to learn about this, is that you're probably an awesome husband to her.
1: I would like to think so.
0: Well, how do you do that?
1: Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely like to think that I am. Let's um, pretend for a moment yep.
0: that you're on a podcast okay. because <laughs> you're a great husband to your wife. Yeah. And I now want to learn from you, what are the things that you do that make your wife happy, make your wife proud? What do you do on purpose?
1: On purpose. I don't like to say the word, uh, you know, I, everybody says like, oh, I help out around. Like, no, it's, I view everything as like a joint thing, kind of like you just said, you know, they're not asking you questions. They're asking both of you questions. Mm-hmm. I do kind of view us as a very cohesive group, you know, the two of us mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> when it comes to whether we're going somewhere, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and I, I try and support her the best that I can and things that she wants to do because you know the company that she works for long story short she might be doing some entrepreneurial stuff in the future as well and I want to support her no matter what it is that she wants to do and I want to just kind of genuinely listen to her and be there for her whenever it is she's going through x y and z I think that uh you know just it's hard to genuinely put into words because I find us it's it's cliche we are just like best friends it's like I don't really know how I support my best friend like my best guy friends I just do you know it, 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 i don't know if that's a bad answer sorry cody no it's, <laughs> a, it's, it, it's a good
0: answer it's it's a what's her name cody mm, okay so i said mm, because cody's on this podcast Here. with me all the time and yeah. we were talking about you may be meeting him today mm-hmm. uh and that's funny that your wife's name is cody um what's what's interesting about that is it's I can describe how you show up, at least from when you were helping me with the events. There are are people who show up when it's convenient for them, when they're getting paid something for it, when they have something that they're going to get in return, right? And then there are people who show up and do the thing, and if something comes in return, they're grateful for it. Mm -hmm. You were always the guy who you said something to once, and then you would go and do it, Mm And oftentimes better than I asked you to do it. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. And there was never, ever, ever a doubt, will Pat be on time? Will Pat do what he says he's going to do? Will Pat take criticism? Will Pat do the hard work? Like there are people who answer to Pat at this thing. Is he going to do the work that they're doing? Or is he just going to tell them what to do? And when it doesn't go right, blame them. Never was a question. So the way that that shows up as a friend and I imagine as a husband is... It's just safety. Yeah. It's emotional safety. And what that does is it creates the opportunity for inspiration because you don't have to think about your hierarchy of emotional needs anymore. They're taken care of. My husband's here for me. I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. That we can ask Cody. Yeah. But I imagine she would describe that as part of it.
1: I think she would. And um, it's funny you say the word safety because me and her have talked before because, like, <laughs> she will sit on the couch at, like, eight or seven or eight or something like that. She falls asleep every single night mm-hmm. on the couch. I'm like, we have an hour and a half to like watch a little TV together. She's out like that every time. And like I it's I joke with her, but like sometimes I'm like, God damn, like I'm just sitting <laughs> here alone every night. And she ended up coming across a TikTok, because that's where people learn things nowadays. I guess. And it's it said something about like, you know, if you've had your guard up for so long, once you can like let that down. And, like, feel safe. It's just, like, the most relaxing thing ever. Like, physically and mentally and emotionally. And that's what happened. I think she came across a TikTok that was specifically talking about that. It's like, now you can just breathe. And it's relaxing. And you can just sleep, in a sense. If you've been so, like, wound up and tight and on, on guard for a while. And then once you kind of have that, it's just, like, for someone.
0: My wife fell asleep on me at the comedy mothership. During a set, (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm with you. It's, it's the same. Uh, and I do think the safety has something to do with it.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And I think that, um, I can't speak for women, but as, as a male entrepreneur, there's the, the, like the, the lack of safety that we would describe, at least that I would describe has a lot less to do with the physical fears and it's a lot more to do with the emotional fears. It's mm-hmm. the If I fail, if I'm not providing, if I'm not doing something of value, I'm emasculated. Yeah. Like I'm a fucking loser mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a loser. I want my wife to look up to me, not to have to carry me. Yeah. And she did in my life at least. I don't, I don't know if that ever happened for you, but my wife had to carry me for like, God, seven years. It's brutal. Um, and so now I'll never go back that way Yeah, ever. Uh, but that's the, the safety that she provided me is that I never, when I was in it felt like she was judging me for having to carry me. She was just yeah. doing it. It was like, yeah, this is what I do for you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I could say that she did specifically that made me feel that way. It was just everything it was mm-hmm. how she was. And so it sounds like that's how, that's what you're struggling to describe. It's just how you are. Yeah.
1: I, I'm not good at putting into words. You're way more you're way better at putting things into words as well. Practice. I'm also very bad at putting into words things that I do. I don't know know how to explain that. I would
0: urge you to start replacing that with, I'm unpracticed.
1: Unpracticed at at putting into words things that I do. when It's it's told to be like, hey, what do you do in X, Y, and Z? So if
0: you're bad at it, there's not a solution. If you're unpracticed, what's the solution? Practice. That's it. That's fair. That's That's it. Um, What would you want... What do you think your wife would think other people should know about you?
1: I will use her words. Nice. Um, and this is, this is why she wants me to be famous. It's, it's, it's like half a joke and it's half not. She, she, she believes, these are her words, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. She believes me to be just such a uh, wholehearted, nice, genuine, authentic person. And that's why she just wants people to see that more. And that I'm passionate about what I do. I love her, my family. I'm just, I have a lot of love to give. And she really sees that in me and likes it. And she just wants other people to get the like, again, these are her words. Because I sound like a, I feel like a dick saying this. Why, 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 why do you feel like a dick saying this? Because it's, because what I'm about to say, she wants other people to feel the joy that comes with being around me. And I could never say that about myself because not in a, like, I'm not that way. It just sounds very okay, so, uh, egotistical. So, so, so I'm going to challenge you. <sighs> All right. I knew this was coming. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think she would say. And that's why half jokingly, that's why she wants me to be famous. And that's why like when I get Instagram growth, like she has a notepad on her phone. July, he was at this many followers. Uh, August this because she just likes to see that more people are seeing who I am. Mm-hmm. She's right.
0: <laughs> so let me start there. Uh, Cody, I know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> you're right. All of those things are true. What's fascinating about that is when we talk to our clients about um, what are your core
1: values personally? Like me personally or either you're saying you ask them that? We ask them, oh, Okay,
0: Okay. Or even anybody on the internet. What are your core values? Most people don't have them. And they're like, I wouldn't even know how to figure that out. Your wife handed it to you. Mm -hmm. She handed it to you because it's everybody, like the thing that prompts it for people is when we ask them, if you could describe the most important person in your life, who is it? My wife. Great. How would she say you show up for her? Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's all the things that you just said. It's like, well, great. Those are the things that make you you. You wouldn't do something that's out of alignment with those things. So those kind of are your core values. Yeah. And you can refine the language of them and all that kind of stuff. But it sounds like you had, do you have core values that are different than those?
1: No, it's and it's funny you say it that way because she literally did hand them to me on a silver platter, at least part of it. Three or so years ago, she said, what I like about you or what is great about your Instagram is if I met, you are the same in real life as you are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like, once she said that, I was like, holy shit, <clears throat> there's a lot of people who aren't that way. Which is crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's something I always, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Something I always try and ever since she said that, I was like, I need to keep this. Like, I want anybody who follows me, who has never met me, if you meet me in person, you're like, oh, that's exactly what I thought you'd be like. Mm-hmm. That, like, means so much to me. And she told me that. And I never realized I was, like, doing it unintentionally. And I was like, I need to keep that. Because that's just authentic and genuine.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to be anything else. And I I can can vouch for anybody who's Mm -hmm. curious if your wife is correct. That's true. About you. You're, I imagine you know it. But I want to share with you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know my wife, you know my relationship with her. The way you're
1: describing
0: your wife, she is a gift in your life.
1: That is 100% true.
0: Having (laughs) having a person who supports you the way that she does, who can articulate the way that she can, who can um, celebrate you the way that she does, that is, it's rare. It's valuable. You have no idea how many guys I talk to who tell me... um, as they start to rise, their significant other starts to get jealous. They start to get mm-hmm. upset about the attention that they're getting from other people. Uh, even though the attention that they give to their significant other doesn't change at all. Mm-hmm. It's They don't want to now share that person with other people. Uh, they fear that person leaving them when they get too famous or whatever it is. So you, you will undoubtedly go further than you would have gone without her. 100%. And it will be way more fun.
1: Yeah. And she challenges me. In How, a,
0: how's that? How'd she challenge? What's the last thing she challenged you on?
1: Everything. Uh, well, no, let's, in let's, a good way. Out of the way. bedroom. So I'm very, uh, I'm very, <clears throat> I'm the I'm the face of the business in a sense, not the backside, like the behind the scenes business side of things. I mean, I do both for for my business, but I'm saying like my personality is way better as. The face as opposed to the business side of things. So the past years I've been trying to learn the business side of things, it's difficult for me. And she challenges me to get better at these things. And, you know, I'm not the most confident person in certain abilities that I have with this stuff. And she's she's always, you know, letting me know where I have improved in certain areas, which might not be a challenge, but she's she's more so challenging me in the sense of like you you can do this, like you have gone from this to this and then you can go from the next step. And that, you know, she'll she'll tell me if I'm not doing something the right way or if I'm being a little lazy or whatever it is. Like she'll challenge me in a non uh putting down or derogatory. Derogatory might not be the best. Constructive. Word. Yeah, in a very constructive way. So she she's really good at that, which I am not good at taking criticism and I'm her challenging me is making me better at it. Um, which is a good thing because it makes me just... Knock it out of lore. I'm not practiced. There you go. I'm pretty bad at taking criticism. Because you but haven't practiced. I'm not practiced at taking constructive criticism, yeah. Well, the, the, um, so 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 And just, she helps me do that because I can't get mad at her because she's like, hey, you should... I'm going to make up a scenario. She's like, you should make sure you get all your programming done today because it's Thursday and we have plans Sunday so you don't have to do it on Sunday. And when she says that, I'm like... Oh, for no reason, <laughs> just because I have, I'm like, you're fucking right. Fine. I'll go do it now, even though I don't want to. Like it's little things like that. And like, I can't get angry at that because she's right. I know she is. She's always right. Mm-hmm. I learned that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do make the joke. I say, she's always right. Unless we're in the gym, then I'm right. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff like that where she just challenges me to like, just be a little bit more better, a little more on top mm-hmm. of things. Cause I'm, I'm not. And she is.
0: Well, that, listen, that's okay. It, that's that's where I would I would tell you talk to your business coach. Yeah. About when is it time for you to hire somebody?
1: I gotta hire her. That's They're, what she wants. I can't afford it though. Does she want to work for you? She she does. I can't afford it.
0: <laughs> okay, but that's okay. What but, would you, what she what she might be able to do, we can talk about this if if you have time for lunch after this. Yep. But what she might be able to do, is, start to uh, help you out in ways that wouldn't be a full time role anyway. Yeah. And those could free you up to do things that could create the opportunity to make it a full-time role.
1: Yeah. And that's she, she does some of that already, which is nice.
0: Okay. Um, what would you want people who are listening to this to leave knowing about you?
1: About me? Mm-hmm. Um, I do what we just said. I do feel that I am – I believe my wife. She says that. I just have trouble saying it myself. I am authentic, genuine, genuine. Um, I do really enjoy what I do. I'm I'm passionate about everything that I do in my life for the most part. I it's a good quality of ADHD. If I don't like something, I usually don't really do it. <laughs> um so if I if I'm doing it, I'm pretty passionate about it and I believe in it and I think it's really beneficial for somebody else if they try it. I am try not to be dogmatic about anything. I don't think the way that I train is the best. I just like to do it the most for me. Um so I think that is something that I think people need to do a little bit more often is step outside, try and find things that they genuinely enjoy doing, whether it's jujitsu or kettlebells or whatever it might be. Um, try and find some sort of enjoyment in whatever extracurricular activities that you have going on when it comes to fitness, at least or anything really uh, just try and find something you enjoy. Cause that's the best way that you're going to be making progress with it. That's, that's kind of my overarching philosophy on fitness.
0: I love that. If people want to buy something from you or they want to follow you, where do they go?
1: If you want to follow me uh, at, what is it? Pat Damiano underscore. Yeah. At Pat Damiano we'll underscore is uh TikTok and Instagram, YouTube. I'm starting to get into still struggling a little bit. Uh, Pat Damiano performance. And if they want to buy anything from me, my uh, monthly kettlebell subscription uh, program is called project bellplex. And for seven days of that are free. You get four, kettlebell workouts a week, kettlebell and body weight workouts a week. You get two mobility workouts a week and one rest day. And I'm starting to throw some barbells in there a little bit for those that want to do a little bit more, but that is, uh, yeah, that's, uh, seven days for free. And then you can get that with the link in my bio on Instagram or TikTok. Okay.
0: okay. My two cents. Yeah. Keep the barbell out of it. It's a um, different avatar.
1: It is. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm dabbling with the, Hey, if you have a barbell and you want to throw this in there, I'm, I'm dabbling with it. I don't know if I want to do it yet because I kind of just want to keep it like, hey, these things fucking work. Use them. That sounds to me like, like... kettlebells work. That sounds to
0: me like, hey, when you're on your beach vacation, if you want to drive four hours inland and ski, this is where I would go. True. It's like, well, then I got to pack ski stuff to go to the beach. Okay.
1: Just I like that. Just no, I, My I, two cents. I like it. No, I, I think that's good.
0: Pat, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Thanks for having me. You're I welcome. appreciate it. This was great.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Life Podcast. Please remember, give us a hand, rate it, review it, wherever you listen to shows. We are on a mission to humanize the healthcare industry by professionalizing the fitness industry to empower the individual to live a life unlimited by the way that their body looks, feels, or performs. If you are inspired by that mission and want to jump on the wagon, find us anywhere. Active Life Professional on Instagram, Active Life Rx on Instagram. Come to me personally at Dr. Sean Pastuch. We want to welcome you onto the train. We want you to be a part of the mission. We want to offer you the opportunity to pursue this right alongside us. We're inspired by your effort and we hope to help you in your journey. Turn